Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you for joining us today. James and Lacey with me, as always. And we have a, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, a special guest with us today. You know him from Kevin Smith's show Comic Book Men on AMC, which is now streaming on Amazon. He also has uh, his podcast, I Sell Comics, among other podcasts that he does, as you can tell by his illustrious setup there, including that awesome <laughs> mic that I'm envious of. <laughs> Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, Ming Chen. Thank Ming, you. Welcome. Thank you, everybody. Yay. I um, you, you guys had booked me about a month ago, and it, <laughs> listen, things got crazy, and I, I was driving home. I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting something today like you know i i feel like the midichlorians weren't firing correctly it was like oh crap i was supposed to do the resistance broadcast i, I felt horrible i was like oh my god oh my god I, I usually i set like multiple alarms um you know all these things it's it's yeah it's like oversleeping for the battle of yavin 4 that's what i felt like i was like wait a minute <laughs> did i miss it i was like oh yeah could you imagine like over you know there's that one rebel pilot who oversleeps uh, that battle and he wakes Misses up everything and they're like well what what happened it's like oh dude you missed like, you missed everything and uh yeah, yeah like you're sitting in your room wedge walks in and he's all beat up and you're like did that guy say princess leah <laughs> he's like where were you yeah where the hell were you i I, think I, would, I wouldn't mind missing the alarm for that one the odds of surviving yeah, that one fair. were not very good yeah um, you, you know what you'll never know You'll never know now. I just, I would have felt bad just oversleeping though. I was like, oh, dang it, I missed it. Like, I could have been the one right. that shot the, <laughs> the, uh, the torpedoes in the, the, in the, exact, the exhaust port. Who the hell is this Luke kid? Who yeah. the hell is he? But, yeah. That's true. That's true. But uh, then on the other end, other, uh, other end, you have Mrs. Darklighter who's like, why did I wake him up? I should not have woken him up that morning. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to come back on. This is a true honor. If nothing oh. else, I love talking about Star Wars. I, um, a lot of people ask me, I was like, how did you, why did you start podcasting? And I was like, I, listen, I had no desire to be behind a microphone. Kevin Smith started 10, 12, 13 years ago <laughs> podcasting. And then a few years later, he's like, Hey, I'm starting up a network. I need other shows that aren't just me. It can't just be like Kevin on fat man on Batman, Kevin, this Kevin, this <laughs> yeah. we need other voices. I want you to start a podcast. And I was like, I can't, what? It's like, I can't do this. I didn't go to broadcast school. Mm -hmm. And I was a guy who would upload his podcast on iTunes, which I was perfectly happy with. I was, uh, you know, like Spider-Man, like I was the guy in the chair. I was fine with that. Right. And um, <laughs> he's like, no, I need you to start a show. And I'm like, what am I going to start a podcast about? You have adventures. You make films. You have famous friends. What do I do a podcast about? He's like, well, what do you, what do you like? I'm like, I don't know, Star Wars, comics, and food. He's like, that's a podcast. <laughs> that's that's a podcast. podcast. Yeah. I'm like, really? I could talk about Star Wars comics and food? Like, who would listen to such a thing? It's like, well, people who like Star Wars comics and food. And it doesn't even <laughs> have to be all three. You'll get some people from each one. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And that was, yeah, that was 10 years ago. That, that became the podcast I Saw Comics. We just recorded like our 310th episode. So, wow. Wow. congrats. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, the, the moral of the story here is Kevin Smith is always right. Whatever right. Kevin says, <laughs> do it. It's, yeah, it's that, that simple thing. Like when you're in the space of, of nerddom where it's like you like comics and movies 
and food uh you think everyone does so it's like why isn't everyone talking about this so uh i, I agree but yeah uh, we're, and if they we're don't gonna... they're wrong and you can argue about them about why they're wrong <laughs> right. at the podcast right. it's so great it's right. so great this is just so much fun <laughs> um so yeah we are going to talk about uh, star wars and blend some other stuff in now so uh james is going to start us off uh with a little segment we like to call uh one with the force james Forces with me, and I'm one with the force. One with the Force this week. If you guys are new to the show, if you're just joining us just to hang out with Ming, uh, One with the Force is a segment where we will be asked a question, come up with a scenario, and you only get to pick one thing. You get one answer. Um, sometimes we do some other things, but this is this is our uh, segment where we unfortunately only get to choose one answer. Um, you'll get the hang of it. Here, let's start with the first one. Um, name one Star Wars special edition change that you like better than the original version. And Ming, you're a guest. You're starting first. You're going first. Uh, on now, this one. That one's pretty tough. I think most of the changes are at this point in 2020 universally disliked. Um, <laughs> the, the Han shot first. The uh, the weird Jabba the Hutt CGI. Um, I don't. But this is more of an addition. I don't know if it's a change. But after that Jabba the Hutt CGI, he kind of slinks off. Han leaves, and they pan the camera over, and you see, and you see Boba Fett. And that's that. I can't remember if that was in the special edition trailer or not, or if that was like a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Ooh. I saw that, I was like, "Wow, that's a, that's this is this is gonna be awesome." And it right. wasn't as awesome as I thought it was going to be, but that kind of, uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I love Boba Fett as much as the next, I don't want to say, I don't think I'm obsessed with him, but it was cool to see that he had, you know, we all knew he existed in that universe long before they showed him in empire. Yeah. Um, you don't have a Boba fetish. I do not have a Boba fetish. Maybe, maybe a little one. Oh I think God. everyone's got a little Boba fetish. <laughs> yeah, but not, I, I remember bo- 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 famously not John. <laughs> I didn't want to I, ruffle feathers out of the gate here. But. Oh man, I think everything down to those, those weird, those cool boots he wears, to the the mm. rocket firing backpack, to the uh, you know all the all the wrist accessories, mm-hmm. to the so, helmet. So is that him in Mandalorian? Oh, I. That's a good question. I, Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to say yes, but I'm figuring they're going to save him for the second season somewhere, right? Along a cousin or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, all right, this is cool. I, you know, forget the Jabba thing, the the Han shot first thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if I were to pick, that's a pretty cliche answer. If if anything else, um. Anytime, like a, a planet or the Death Star blew up, you saw those rings, the concentric, the rings of mm. the shock rings, I guess, oh, yeah. the shockwave rings. I thought those were cool as well. That's a good um, call. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, the, yep. The, the, I, yeah. I bet everyone would say, oh, man, I like seeing Boba Fett. I'm like, of course you did. He's, it's Boba Fett. Boba Fett, <laughs> where? <Sure>. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Behind I mean, you. Like, it added like 20% of his screen time. Just that one shot. So. <laughs> it, did. it did, but uh, I rewatched the specials in Jedi. I was like, "Oh man, that dance number!" I'm like, you know, either <laughs> geniusly before its time or just very ill-fitting. I mean, you, you know, depends yeah. on the person. <laughs> mm. um, Lacey, what's your one uh, change that you like? 
So I'm not even, it's funny you say, what's your one change yeah. you, you like? Because I wrote four just in case. Oh, honorable <laughs> mentions. You're allowed to have honorable mentions. Anybody said, I actually really like that they added the different planets at the end of Return of the Jedi. Mm. When that's like the celebration scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was rewatching a bunch of the additions that they, they changes that they made just to like pick which one I liked best and. I, that came up in the list and I was like, oh, this is the best. Although <laughs> there's one part in the scene where they they pan across Naboo and there's like one Gungan that's just like, we someone and it just ruins it. <laughs> Does that happen? But, Does he say that? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't think but, I ever heard that. Yeah, it's like really, really quick. I, but, I, I um, was like, you didn't do anything. You sat on your ass in a, in yeah. a in, in Ming, he didn't set water. his alarm. What's that? Yeah, you didn't set his alarm. Yeah. I don't. I, 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 I mean, Gung, can Gungans even fly things? I don't. I don't. Weird chips, maybe. No but but yeah, cool. no. I just like that because it's again. I'm a I'm a fan of the uh, happy celebratory endings. So, um, John, what's your one pick? I feel it, like I I might know it, but I don't. All I don't right. Know. Well, do, guess real quick then. Let's see. How guess. You know me? Yeah. I think it's the music at the uh, the Ewok celebration. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So it's right along. It's it's the soundtrack to Lacey's pick. It's uh, the victory celebration that John Williams wrote because I I'm not the biggest Yub Nub fan. It's <laughs> good, <laughs> but the emotional uh, weight that that final uh, new victory celebration theme it, it it's so much better of a way to end that trilogy than. Yup, nub, do, 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 do. Like it, it, it's just powerful. And then you see the ghost, and you see Anakin, and you see Luke looking at him. It just makes more sense with that. So, um, and, it, and it's John Williams. It's not like they got some other person to come in and do it. It's the guy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with the victory celebration theme uh, being changed uh, to replace Yub Nub. I uh, I love that you said that after me. My friends heard that in was it 97 or 98. We were like, yeah, oh, yeah. those are pretty good. Uh, and, um, yeah. I remember we went and bought the soundtrack. I think it was on CD as there was no Spotify back then. We were, we put, we had it on a loop for a while. And yeah. uh, I love, if you watch a scene, they kind of use the same footage from Return of the Jedi and Lando, he, his clapping is in time to the new song. I was like, all right, this totally works. So, yeah. uh, he's rocking like, out. If it doesn't, if doesn't, if Billy D doesn't look cool, we're not doing it. Right. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, th- this actually, it's, it's kind of hard because there's a, a billion things that most people don't even think about like his main scenes that they do they change like the colors and other things like that when you look at them side by side you sit there and you go yeah i get it, it was the original but like you gotta admit like this scene looks better because they they touched it up they added the backgrounds and all these other things one that really always stand stood out to me though is like a big popular one that people point out is the wampa scene um as much as it, it's it's famed because it's like jaws even as a kid, I was like, I don't get what we're looking at here. It's just like a dragging like leg or something. And then you only get that one little thing right there, just right at the very end. And when you saw the trailers for the special edition of Empire Strikes Back and that thing like looks and stands up in the room, I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> that is just like so massively like... I, not, not and also how I pictured it, but it's like I I have to see where these movies went uh, to explore the different camera angles and different things that they did because that just was so massively stood out to me as like an improvement on that creature um, 
and and being scared of it uh and and i i mean like i i like i said before i just don't really connect with the whole jaws aspect of it i'm like show it and i don't i don't get why we're just like focusing in on the leg or whatever it just doesn't do much for me now it's star wars show it right yeah you're all about creatures and and it just screams we didn't have the budget to do the creature so we did it like this but given the budget now let me show you what we came up with and it's like that's better that's that's definitely better in my opinion yeah um, i don't know did they film the scene there's that cut scene where i think c-3po uh, changes a sign on a on a door to the rebel base of hoth oh yeah and then the, that's and not the in the special edition. in there yeah um I wish it would have kept that in. I can't even remember if you filmed that, but I thought that was cool. Doesn't it? Doesn't the Wampa like grab, reach through and grab them? Yeah, because but there's in. a there's a side story that the Wampa was also loose in the base, but then they were like, yeah. just cut all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Just get rid of it. Um, all right. So the next question is: Pick one Star Wars character to face off against Superman in a one-on-one battle, and quickly explain how they would be able to beat him. John, I'm going back to you uh, first on this one. What? Who's your one character to beat Superman? So I'm going with Vader, but he, because people get things done for Vader, like pr- mm-hmm. when he, like Vader in his prime. So he sends people to go find you know, kryptonite and uh, he makes, uses the crystals of, of kryptonite to make a lightsaber kyber crystal that is made of uh, kryptonite. And he wears, he, he infuses a version of his suit with lead because Superman can't see through lead and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's going to, so this is a little borrowing off of the Batman V Superman thing, I guess with the (laughs) Batfleck, but he uses, bottom line is it's a kryptonite lightsaber and uh, he weakens him that way, and then he force chokes him and, and kills Superman. Hmm. Wow, it's what not a, it's not a bad pick. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, Lacey, what's your answer? Uh, I chose Babu Frick, and Babu Frick <laughs> would make a big blaster and then make it kryptonite and then just shoot Superman. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's an okay answer. <laughs> I think it's a great answer. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't underestimate, don't underestimate Babu Frick, everybody. Exactly, exactly. There's only Especially one guy in the whole galaxy. Coming. Yeah, I feel like it. Babu Frick is one of those characters, though. That if you get on his his bad side, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ming, what what's your what's your one character who could defeat Superman? I uh, I, I, I again, I was I was gonna say Boba Fett, and I was like, well, can Beskar Steel, you know, reflect heat vision? <laughs> Perhaps, but I'd uh, love to see. This is it. the nerdiest conversation. It, it, it's it's totally, totally, total nerd conversation. But you know, <laughs> we, we've seen Mandalorians take some, take some blows. Like they're they're decent fighters, but Superman's the all powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one, the one, and it's not even like a, a person. It's it's a droid that fought. I thought fought really well and kind of kind of got a cold, you know, shafted at the end. Was IG IG eleven. So, mm. but I'm gonna go. He's gotta go be IG88, right? He's got a higher number. Yeah, he's yeah. even an even better. He's got a higher number, newer model, <laughs> right? Newer model. He has like a T800, T1000. The, the yeah. higher number, the better. And we we never really got to see IG88, uh, you know, to its full potential. Uh, but I think uh, the the way those IG droids move, those bounty bounty hunter droids move, I uh, yeah, I think they they could think ahead of whatever Super is doing. Um, 
the uh, kryptonite kyber crystals. What a great, someone's got to do that. They got to oh, put yeah. that into the story somehow. <laughs> that is awesome. I've never, no one's ever suggested that. And I think, uh, yeah, I, th- Thanks, I, I, I think you're winning right now. That is that my is- blaster would have them in it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is a kryptonite blaster. Um, mine does Come not on. have mine does not have kryptonite in it. Um, I will leave it up to the the master to to figure it out. Um, I think this one might be a little bit of a surprise to everybody, but my person that I would pick is Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> um, the reason is, and this is again, Lacey said this was a nerdy conversation. I'm going based on the comics here. Uh, Darth Vader asked Tarkin. Uh, you owe me one. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to defeat me. I want you to beat me in a one-on-one fight. And he does. Um, he figures out all of Vader's weaknesses and is able to trap him and pin him to the ground. And I thought, you know, who, who better to defeat Superman? Um, I, I don't know a lot about comics, but I know Bruce Wayne is non super and he defeated him. And I know that his greatest villain or arch nemesis would probably be Lex Luthor. He's also not super. So I thought I started thinking in the non super realm and, um, I figured that Tarkin would, uh, be able to use his mind to figure out exactly how to take down someone in the classic take down Superman fashion. I like that all up here. His yeah. downfall was, uh, you know, don't get cocky, kids, because uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> your downfall. Yeah, love it. That's it. That's the only Tarkin only ever made one mistake. He didn't yeah. get off the ship. <laughs> and Tarkin is kind of like a Lex Luthor because, like, yeah. the Death Star is the real estate, and Lex yeah. Luthor was all about real estate. Yeah. And just so, yeah, that's I mean, that's interesting. All right, great, we great got another. Man. We good. Thanks. Uh, we got a couple more here. Um, what's your one favorite Star Wars reference from Kevin Smith's View Askew <laughs> movies? So uh, he's got a lot of them, lots to choose from. Lacey, which one um, are you going with first? I'm picking the Clerks Death Star Contractors conversation between Dante and Randall. Like, it's just it's Off the, the table. best one. And I also love that the, my favorite part of the whole conversation is the random guy that comes up and he's like, I'm a roofer. <laughs> like, it's just so funny because my dad's an electrician and he's like the same way. Like we'll be in like a random gas station or something. And he'll be like, well, I'm an electrician. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's this one time and I'm like, oh, my God, it's my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, that's the best one. I think yeah. it's just so funny. And, and it's the sense of humor that I have where it's like you're taking something that you love that's like super nerdy and you're bringing it into real life to a point that you're like, okay, but what about this random dude over here? Like, what does he think? Kind of like what Ming was saying, we're waking up late. It's like you take it one step back where you're like, okay, but in real life, what would happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Ming, what's your chip? What's your pick? I, uh, so I think there's a Star Wars reference in every Kevin Smith movie. Gotta be. Um, <laughs> the one that made me really laugh out loud, and it's really subtle, uh, Chasing Amy when Jason and Bob confront Ben Affleck's character Holden. They're about to leave, and uh, Jason says, hey, you know, you know, stay strong, keep your unit on you. Uh, you know, try to keep your unit on you. And Son Bob's like, no, 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 do or do not. There's no try. And I don't, <laughs> it was the one, I was like, oh my God. He, so he got it in there in this kind of serious movie. He still got the Star Wars reference in there. However, my favorite, uh, yeah, I'm with Lacey. The, uh, the, de- the, the, you know, the Death Star contractors changing out toilets on the Death Star. Yeah. I love that so much because like, Clerks came out in 94. 
And uh, I, I, you know, after Return of the Jedi came out in 83 and Lucas was kind of like, well, I think I'm done. I don't think I'm going to make any more Star Wars movies or anything mm-hmm. for that matter. I was like, wait, that's it? Like, what? Are, what? There no more toys? No more Star Wars? Wow, that this stinks. And for those 11 years, no one really talked about Star Wars except for us. We watched it mm-hmm. like, multiple times every year. We held that flame. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> talked people's ears off about it. But I think people just kind of stopped caring because they didn't think there was a future. You know, they're like, well, if they're not going to make any more. I guess, you know, I was a fan, but I'm going to go on to other things now. But us and me and my friends, we we were making references left and right. People were looking at it as funny. Uh, and that those eleven years, you didn't you didn't see people on the street wearing Star Wars T-shirts. You didn't. It wasn't yeah. a religion like it is now. Um, but to me, and my friends, it still was. And so we, you know, it was just kind of an inside thing until Clerks came out in '94, and I'm watching Clerks, and I was like, "Holy crap! Did he just do a 10-minute segment on <laughs> yeah. the Death Star? This guy's talking about Star Wars. Like this guy, he's one of us. Mm-hmm. This is awesome." And um, yeah, he didn't have to throw that in there, but he totally did because he loved it like we did. And I'm like, "Wow, what a what a great thing!" I think that brought a lot of people back because yeah, I don't up until then, I don't I cannot really pinpoint many Star Wars references in movies, pop culture, anything um, up until that point. Now it's hard to think now that they're, they're, you know, people weren't as crazy about Star Wars as, as we are now, but, um, but yeah, there was a, that, the dark times, that dark period where it happened. That's a, that's such a good point. Cause you, you watch it in the prism of now and you're like, Oh, of course the Star Wars reference and Kevin Smith loves Star Wars, but you're right. It was, it was the uncool time to like Star Wars back then. And, I love that like an idiot like Randall can make a logical <laughs> observation like that. <laughs> he's just this moron video store uh, vulgar clerk. And he's just like, what about those independent contractors? Yeah. It's just a, such good writing. Great job on that. Yeah. Um, John, what's your pick? I can't even go now because that's the best one, you know, <laughs> Lacey and Ming win that one. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, when Mark Hamill appears uh, as as Cockknocker, and um, uh, Jay, I believe it's Jay, cuts his hand off, and uh, Mark Hamill looks at the camera and says, "Not again." Uh, <laughs> I thought because he has the giant fist, and that his yeah. his super weapon nope. is that he punches you in the undercarriage, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and he he cuts off the giant foam hand, and he and then Mark Hamill breaks the fourth wall and looks at the audience and says, "Not again." Uh, I just I laugh so hard every time I watch that. So um, I think that's that's my pick. that's a great one. I love that Mark did it. Mark was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I believe the story was uh, you know Kevin asked him. Um, I think Kevin was Kevin and his wife were at the Playboy Mansion and they ran into Mark's wife. Who, Casual. Yeah, no big deal. And uh, Mark's wife was a former playmate, and I, he may have mentioned that like, hey, I'm working on this movie. I love to have Mark in it. She brought it up to him. I don't know if he was hesitant at first or, you know, it's like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to read the script. But when Mark's kids heard about it, they're like, you got to do this. It's Kevin Smith. <laughs> they were all like clerks and Mars and chasing Amy and Dogma fans. And his kids were like, you, you got a dad. <laughs> we, yeah, if you really want to be cool, you'll do this. So he did it. <laughs> if you really uh, want to be cool. A, oh, that is, I had no idea that, uh, was it Mary Lou? I that believe that's her name. Yeah, that, that she was a, a playmate. I had no idea. Yeah, she was. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my other one, uh, real quick, because uh, it's Lucasfilm but not Star Wars, is the um, dogma when he throws the guys off the train and he says no ticket. 
<laughs> I think that's amazing. From Indiana Jones. Yep. We're off the Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually funny that I think I can't remember anything before this, but I feel like my very first uh, Kevin Smith movie was Mallrats. Um, so even though I feel like nowadays he's done so many big ones that Mallrats kind of falls in like the, the medium tier, like forgetful almost. Um, people are like, Oh, that's right. That one too. But to me, that's like the first one that I always think of, you know, um, as far as like one of his movies. And so that's why when I was thinking about all the references, I had to go to that one first, which of course my favorite is Kevin. (laughs) <laughs> it was yeah. the cigarette the oh, on right, the, the cigarette yeah the ongoing uh throughout the whole movie running gag of uh he can't seem to get it uh he can't seem to do it he wants to do it and then of course um the movie's like big moment is he's he's like i gotta do it and he focuses and the tape comes <laughs> out and pops into his hand and he's like i did it you know he doesn't with say little, anything but he's a little expression. intervention from uh ethan suplee but you know sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but he had his eyes closed and so what you don't know you know um yeah i uh i think that's got to be my favorite because it just it, it pays off pays off in the end and it's an it ongoing yeah. joke yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah, Smacks exactly. <laughs> what was it? Was it Wi- Wi- Willard? Willem. 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 That's yeah, right. Willem. Very unusual name. The same name in Clerks too, right? Yes. But yeah. uh, they're like, well, wait, yeah, Ethan Suplee and Mallrats, you know, and he's and you got Scott Mosher and Clerks. What's going on here? And it's the the two Earths theory. They're on different. They're on different <laughs> Earths film. Did, did, why, why the obsession with that name? Did, did he know someone in high school? That's named a that? great question. I've never asked that. I don't know. I don't. There, as far as I know, there is no Willem in his back in like a childhood friend or anything. Like so, Kevin always wanted to be named Willem. Uh, yeah. Um, unless and it's not. Is it uh, maybe Defoe? But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm, oh uh, wow, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I don't think. But I don't think so. I don't know. I might see him in a week, so I may. I may have to. I may have to bring that up because i never asked for whatever reason <laughs> let us know or tweet it if he's going yeah. to, unless it's like a personal thing nah, i doubt it <laughs> um last question we got here uh an assassin dro- these are always ridiculous I don't, I don't even know why john puts these in here <laughs> good one though it's uh, good an assassin droid has captured r2d2 c3po and bb8 the assassin is allowing you to choose to save one of them and the other two will be blasted into oblivion, destroyed forever. If you do not choose one, then all three will be destroyed. That's just a way to get out of uh, saying I wouldn't choose. Uh, but which droid uh, would you save? I, I'm going to jump in really quick. I think my personal answer um, would be C-3PO simply because I feel like I could have a conversation with him and it would be fun to talk to. Although there's a very specific reason why I feel like I should probably save R2-D2, and that's because he holds the story. Like, we know years and years and years later, he's the one who's retelling the story. So I feel like you got to save him, but on, on a personal level, I'm never, I've am never i never been like a huge droid person. So I look at BB-8 and I go, cool, I can't understand him, but that's fine. And same for R2-D2. At least C-3PO, I could have a conversation, and uh, I feel like he would be just... Um, annoying but like a very lovable annoying um you know as as we go on uh with him being the one who's alive i guess uh john who would you pick uh so um no offense to bb8 but you gotta take a little back seat to the uh the ogs for me 
Um, I'm going with R2 um, with, because technically you can bring C-3PO back in another body somewhere with R2 having his memory. So he just bing puts, he mm. can put C-3PO into like a toaster. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Just So so C-3PO <laughs> can get killed. You still have him in R2 and then BB, I apologize. And there's a lot of BB-8 fans out there. They're going to give me the BB-8 middle finger thing. But I'm going R2-D2 uh, because you can then get him and 3PO back some way. Are you talking about the thumbs up? Well, yeah, you know, yeah. some some people some people are like, you know, he really gave him the finger. <laughs> no, he's yeah. definitely giving it. No, I, I I agree, but some people think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a comic book thing. He, he BB-8 was aggravated with Poe, and he did the lighter trick. And he did it. So uh, then people associate now, to, and then Poe actually says in dialogue, "Does that mean what we think it means?" So I'm sure Lawrence Kasdan is writing a, a middle finger in this. Yeah, story. that's sure. what I was gonna say. I'm sure the sure. Uh, lovable Disney droid is giving people middle fingers yeah. left and right. Well, Lacey, which which droid are you picking? Um, I would pick R2D2. He mm-hmm. has the most history. Um, I think he has been through so much with so many people, and he's so important to the galaxy that it would be more of a um a miss slash devastating blow mm. to the galaxy if he went away plus uh the fact that he could serve drinks also mm. oh is- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought you would pick bb8 honestly i knew you both would think yeah. i'd pick bb8 but no, no i thought you would pick r2 because your favorite your funniest scene is r2 being a bartender it yeah, is. That's a good point. Uh, Ming, um, is does BB-8 have any hope, or who are you picking? <laughs> uh, I, well, first of all, I love this is like the droid version of F. Mary Kill. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I, I mean, while I would love to have a conversation in, you know, however many dialects and, and uh, languages with c Isn't it three million? Three million. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I would I would literally want to tear them apart like uh, the Stormtroopers <laughs> did on, on Bespin after Bob five minutes and i i have friends i have friends like that who like won't shut up uh mike zaptic from comic book man he's one of them so he's like the human version of c3po sometimes i'm like dude would you stop just stop talking i can't i can't i can't stand this anymore you know we travel together a lot so i was like oh man um i yeah i i like bb8 but we what what do we, what do we have like three movies of history with bb8 and um mm-hmm. i mean We've seen some of the capabilities. He can he can light a cigar. Uh, I guess he's got <laughs> bungee cords if you need to strap stuff down or if it, like sure. Um, and he can roll around really fast. But yeah, I I, I give it up for for R two D two. Um, um, in addition to serving drinks, uh, you know, if I ever needed to hide a weapon or a tripod or or or, or <laughs> baseball bat or I don't know, like anything really. Um, <laughs> you know, he's not just he's, he's storage. He's a built-in USB drive and reader. Um, and, uh, you know, if you need to flashlight. spill oil on someone and light them on fire. Yeah, exactly. I, R2-D2 is like the Swiss army knife of droids. Yeah. You can do anything. That's and great. Yeah. and uh, I think his sass alone is enough for oh, yeah. anyone to save him. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you know, we saw him fly once and then never again. But, uh, <laughs> right. I was going to say. And I guess he's magnetic too. So I don't, yeah, yeah. BBA, I mean, R2D2 can do it all. And um, yeah. yeah. When you said baseball bat, it makes me, I would love to see a drawing of uh, Casey Jones using R2D2 <laughs> as his like storage. Yeah. Like, it's like, buddy. 
<laughs> yeah, bring loaded. Just, yeah, give me the nine iron. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, thanks for taking us home on that one. That is it for one with the force. Good discussions. Lots of good picks. Um, I think we, I think that was one of our better ones. I like that one a lot. Um, John, we have a good discussion though. Uh, you want to take us into that? What are we talking about this week? Yeah, this week's discussion is can Star Wars catch up to other franchises on the global stage? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. So Star Wars is one of the biggest movie franchises in the world and was the first to really set the bar. But uh, it's one weakness is audiences outside of North America. So, uh, you know, there are Star Wars fans everywhere, but the films have always kind of struggled outside of the domestic market compared to other big franchises. Um, A lot of this was due to how late the franchise arrived overseas. Uh, But with no end in sight for Star Wars, can it find a way to connect and finally draw in the global audience? That's the real question. I know, especially for Disney, let alone fans. Um, Or is it doomed to be a North American heavy franchise forever? Uh, They've certainly made efforts to try to uh, expand, especially into the the Asian markets uh, with their castings in Rogue One and The Last Jedi. And they're, they're doing they're making efforts, but it hasn't fully hit yet. So I thought it'd be an interesting uh, discussion with you, Ming, especially as someone who's so heavily involved with the comic books and probably the comic book movies and seeing Marvel just make gazillions of dollars. So I want to kind of throw it to you. Uh, do you think, first of all, do you agree that Star Wars uh, has that problem? And do you, like, how would you solve it? Or do you think it's possible for it to expand? What, what's your initial take on this? As uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, just if you're just going by numbers, uh, the box office numbers have not been there, have not matched up to uh, the, the, the Marvel comic book movies. And I, I, I don't know why I I'm trying to, you know, is Star Wars, um, is it, you know, kind of, uh, uh um, American centric? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think it exists on, uh, you know, it's in space. It's a whole different world where, you know, there are different rules and different creatures and, and, um, uh, you know, there, there is like, well, I can't relate to that. It's like, well, you can, because it's, it's kind of a universal, um, to me, like Star Wars is a universal language. So I uh, I don't have, has anyone offered an explanation why and besides the late release? I mean, a good story is a good story and Star Wars is definitely <laughs> a great story. And um, I mean, if you're talking about the Asian market, Asians are weird, my friends. Asians are very weird. The, uh, if you look at the stuff that the Japanese and Chinese are really into, you're like, wow, this is this is weird. Uh, you know, um, and I know K-pop's kind of universal now, but when it started, it's it's, it's kind of it's, it's a pretty weird thing. You know, uh, there's a lot of anime, and I was like, wow, this is this is not what they do in America. But all right, I'm mm-hmm. gonna stick with this. And then you're like, whoa, this is awesome. Um, I I personally, I think it's just a matter of time. Um, I. Yeah, I, you know, from what I've seen, and we've we've experienced it. You know, Star Wars was not cool when we were growing up. I mean, it was it was good. We had there were f- tons of fans, and we had friends who liked Star Wars. But, um, you know, I'm looking at Lacey. Like, I did not see a lot of females wearing Star Wars shirts. That just how it wasn't how it was. It was just memeing. Yeah, which else. like you know, we would have been friends in the in the 80s, but I didn't start seeing that until maybe the late 90s. And um, and you know, we we saw that Star Wars really didn't have that kind of universal appeal up until fairly recently so i think it's a matter of time it's but again i think i think asians i think you know not just asians but i think the rest of the world you know they have different tastes 
I, if, if anything, I, it's, it, is it coming down to just bad marketing? You know, maybe they're using North American marketing strategies and trying to use that around the world. Like, listen, it's, this doesn't work. Um, you know, you got to do it different. You got to find out what they're, what they're into, whether it be, um, you know, weird, fluffy, giant cats or something, or I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you know, this is, this is weird and this is kind of a stretch. I'm sure there's way better explanations, but I, I know that a lot of movies get banned and turned away because of their sp- the, the spiritualness in, in China specifically, sure. right? So like Ghostbusters, for instance, was famously banned because it involved ghosts and, and spirits. And um, and we, we know that Obi-Wan, uh, Alec, Sir Alec Guinness, was almost not in the movie because he was confused about you know, how they were portraying the Force. And I was like, I don't know, man. Did, did any of that like carry over as like, you know, that that particular audience saying, don't go see those movies, they're they're about this or something. I mean, it, it, it feels, it feels like it has to be some sort of cultural thing where like, just, I, I want a documentary. I want someone to be like, yo, why isn't start like hire someone to, to do the research and figure out what it is that, that, um, those markets don't get into star Wars because they get into a, so much other stuff that, you know, doesn't really seem to be that different. I don't know. That's a great idea for a documentary. Yeah. I mean, in the end, you know, you got guys with laser swords, like that's awesome. That's universally. That's awesome. It doesn't matter where you're from. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a big guy in a big black suit, breathing heavy, mm-hmm. um, fighting mm-hmm. with lightsabers against, you know, everybody, all, all, all challengers that Joking you know, someone from across the room. Yeah, exactly. That's no matter where you're from. That's awesome. So yeah, I, it baffles me why, especially in Asia. Yeah. There must be some kind of restriction, or some kind of weird government control. Maybe, I, <laughs> yeah, there, there's something we don't know about going on here. And um, cause I, I just don't, I don't see why it wouldn't be um, from a cultural standpoint. It's not, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a different galaxy for, mm-hmm. for, for Pete's sake. So I think it should appeal to everybody. It, it's odd too. Cause like there are so many things in other markets that they're probably thinking like, we don't know why the Americans don't get into this, <laughs> you know, like it just right. doesn't make any sense to us because this stuff is awesome. And, um, well, like I don't, I don't know. Sometimes in a weird way, like I know star Wars is marketed over there, but d- does it come across for some reason as like, like if, if some big Japanese franchise was hitting here in the States, we would probably be like, I don't know anything about it. Well, you the know? closest thing you'll get to that is probably Attack on Titan was the most recent thing from Japan that came over here that made a big splash outside of other anime and manga stuff. But I I feel like with the Asian market particularly, we had this conversation recently with Mark Newbold, who's from the UK, who also said we had a conversation with him about kind of international markets. And he had said it was similar to what Ming said, which was a time thing. Like, they got the movies much later than everybody else. They got the movies at a different time frame. Um, I think it's a combination of that and combination of what people in those countries like. Like, a lot of people in Japan and China really connect with the Transformers and Iron Man in particular because he's a guy in a robot suit, which is very similar to Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, which is gigantic over there. And they like, um, you know, 
lots of fighting and action and crazy stuff like that. And Star Wars got there much later, and it doesn't have that same aspect of superpowers like Avengers does. So, like, people in Japan and in China like, you know, stuff like Sailor Moon, which is very supernatural powers and fun stuff like that, where Star Wars doesn't necessarily have that same in-your-face fighting superpower stuff that the Avengers have. Does it take itself Um, too seriously? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's a combination of time. I think it's a combination of what they like and a combination of also just marketing. I don't think they've Mm. marketed it well over there. I feel like... Because when I worked at Reed Pop and we did... We had... They own a show in China. I believe Shanghai. The requests that they got for guests in Shanghai was very different from the requests of guests they got over here in the U.S. So, like, uh, fans in China wanted to see Lee Pace from The Hobbit. Like, that was their number one request. (laughs) Or, like, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was their number one request. (laughs) Whereas here in the U.S., it was all different types of stuff. You know, the guys from Cobra Kai, they wanted to see voice actors. They wanted to see Avengers. They wanted to see Star Wars people. Like, a wide variety of things. Whereas in China, it was very like, we like The Hobbit, we like Transformers, we like Avengers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that same that like the Germans being like, we don't understand why people don't love David Hasselhoff you know, or whatever. <laughs> 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 it's like, we just oh, don't geez. get it. And I mean, I, it, I think we love it. We just, we just, we, we yeah. won't admit it here. Well, <laughs> well to, to your point too, like, okay, you take something like, Gundams or whatever you're like I, they oh, don't I love mobile, you know, mobile suit Gundam Wing well like we even have Pacific Rim it's like it's like oh we're clashing our popular properties of like Gundam and mobile suits and stuff like that and then we're mixing it with Kaiju and these crazy monsters I don't care just what you were saying earlier but the reverse like I don't care who you are that's cool anywhere but then they it put didn't out do a, well here I know they put out stuff for Pacific Rim and I'm like Nah, I'll I'll check it out. That looks that looks pretty cool. And then it's like, meh, I don't know. And 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 is it like they know they're making those movies for the worldwide audience, and they know that those movies aren't going to do that great in the United States. And it's almost like, does the reason do the reason I not appeal to that movie is because it's not being made for me. It's being made if I would like to watch it. It's I can enjoy it, but the jokes or the humor or the action or whatever it is, it's for a completely different audience that at the end of the day, maybe that's what Star Wars is going through over there. They're like, I mean, it's okay, but like when I watch the movie, I'm like, why why do (laughs) the American audiences love this so much? I don't get it. It just wasn't a very good movie. You know, like that's the way they're looking at it. I think Pacific Rim in particular is something that they took from japan and brought over here like yeah so that's the kind of what you're saying is the translation that's not happening whereas avengers and superheroes are one of those things that i feel like it's just so wide reaching Mm -hmm. like i would argue that the reason we live in the world today pop culture wise with comic cons and everything else is that shift that marvel and dc made into movies to make it more mainstream to like superheroes because like Ming was saying with Star Wars, no one really cared about Iron Man, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was. I'm trying to remember what year the movie came out. Like before the movie came out, no one really cared about Iron Man. 
But once Iron Man came out, then everybody cared about Iron Man. And then everybody was going to Comic-Cons. Every, that's why you have a show every weekend now and all this other stuff and Funko and whatever. That didn't exist like years ago. I would even say like it wasn't that crazy until like t- 2010. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, hmm. Ming, in terms of your, I mean, you're really obviously dialed in with the comic book stuff. So, um, is the comic book audience uh, comparative to, like, in other words, I guess these comic book movies are huge. Is that because of the base from these years and decades of comic books, or is that irrelevant? And do you notice uh, the international audience, are they buying comic books the same way we are? Is there any correlation to that for Marvel's success? I, um, it's not irrelevant, just, uh, just um, you know, the, uh, you know, every comic book movie from this point forward has like 60 70 years of story to rely to rely on yeah. now the producers uh you know like kevin fire and be like all right well let, wait let's do this one this one's awesome you know he can yeah. kind of pick and choose for every marvel property now yeah uh mm-hmm. he's got like thousands of storylines to pick from or he can mash them up or put them into the same movie which is good i um yeah i don't know if the international market is exactly buying comic books i don't know if the domestic Mark is really buying that many more comic <laughs> That's a good books. Point. Yeah. To be honest with you, I just don't think people Bingo. even read anymore, and it and it stinks. It goes back to when we were kids. Like this is cool. Like even Star Wars. Like this is cool. You sh- you need to watch this once a month and live this, and and it, it falls on deaf ears until years later when people get it, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's a little frustrating. Um, but it, it, I, I yeah, I always think people will eventually come around. Um, even with Kevin Smith, when I saw Clerks, no, no, I, I tried to, I begged my friends to watch it, and they're like, they would look at the box, they're like, what is this in black and white? I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a budget guy <laughs> didn't have any money, All right. and you know, and um, it, it, they were like, well, what's it about? I'm like, well, there are two guys in a convenience store, and they're like, well, and I'm like, well, there are a couple of stoners outside the convenience store, and they're like, and I'm like, well, that's pretty much it. And they're like, you know what? Mm. It's 1994. I'm going to go watch Forrest Gump instead. I'm going to go watch Pulp Fiction sure. instead. Yeah. I'm going to watch Shawshank Redemption or or you know, like Stargate. Stargate was the big one. All my friends Ooh. wanted to go see Stargate instead. True Which, lies. You know, yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, movies where stuff happened. And then it wasn't until, you know, maybe five years later where they're like, hey, that Clerks movie you wanted us to watch, this movie, that movie's awesome. I was like, I, I, I'd say Seinfeld is the one that kind of inter, like, brought in that whole show about nothing yeah. stuff that people were like, oh, okay, this is entertaining. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't Jim Carrey do like three movies in 1994 or something? <laughs> they were all <laughs> yes. like massive yeah. hits. Yeah. Yeah. So like something crazy. Uh, but I think my point is, you know, what's good is good. You know, you, you just hope people come around and usually they do. So I wonder if it's then that, like, Star Wars shouldn't try to reinvent the wheel because Star Wars worked. <laughs> um, so maybe don't try to, ch- you know, it's like when you are trying to get win an X back and you try to change who you are to like get them to like you again. <laughs> maybe Star Wars just needs to be- keep being Star Wars and say, no, you need to come to me. Like, uh, John, I believe that was a problem with the last three movies, was it not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe you're right in terms of tailoring to the audience. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I would almost say, yeah, John. I think maybe the answer might be a little bit more like, "Hey, we get it. You didn't. You weren't gonna follow on seven, eight, nine. You, you guys clearly didn't even like one through six. 
We did 789. We did Rogue One solo. It all tied in with the same stuff. Don't worry, international market. We have, you know, these other movies that we're working out, that we're trying to play, that still are undeniably Star Wars, but we're very clearly not hitting a market that our pals over in, in the next room over at Marvel are clearly hitting. And we have to figure that out. How do we get Star Wars um, to essentially start over and bring in everybody? Who's our Iron Man of the Star Wars universe? What's a character that we can just uh, present as maybe fans know him from other lore? You know, like somewhat kind of like the Mandalorian in a sense, like, hey, it doesn't really have too much to do with some of the other stuff. Just know that we have these characters and they're really cool. So we're bringing in this character and that's it's starting from here, learn this character. And that's kind of a good way to test it, but, but upscale it, do, do the movie version. Who, who is, how are they going to restart star Wars to separate themselves from the Skywalker saga? Yeah. I feel like it's like one of those things where if, Darth Maul like didn't exist ever but then Star Wars made this movie about this guy Darth Maul maybe that would hit because they're like that guy looks cool and maybe that's all it takes you know maybe Star Wars is too character and story heavy <laughs> like Lacey was alluding to like they want to see garbage cans crashing into each other in a Michael Bay movie and it makes like Transformers no offense Ming if you like the Transformers <laughs> movies I don't know if you're a Michael Bay guy or what but those movies stink and <laughs> I would say the first two are pretty good. The first one's okay, I guess. Whoa. I like Shia. The but, second uh, one is really bad, in my opinion. I don't mind the second one. Oh. But you see what I'm saying? Like it's 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 spectacle and not story so it's much. It's a popcorn movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like and, big robots fighting each other with cool action and fun stuff. That's And Star Wars is really more it, it's like a it's a it's an indie movie, like disguised in uh big space battles and stuff. It's about these tight relationship like George Lucas took this big thing and went nope you're related now you're related and you're related and he made this little family story and maybe that's not what they wanted they were like I like my big I don't know Ming is that uh, what do you is that maybe you're completely disagree with that yeah no no I I I I no I I agree with you I agree with you for sure Uh, yeah so I I I don't know and and, you know maybe star they're just Disney's just going to be like Star Wars is our North American juggernaut and it's going to be number one every time we put a movie out and that's just going to be it. And we have this new technology called the volume where we don't have to go to Tunisia every time we want to film on Tatooine and maybe that's how we recoup our losses that we would have made in, in China or somewhere. Mm. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, that's why we're, we're hoping... So we, we, we started this whole Make Solo 2 Happen thing, Ming, because it didn't do well. Speaking of Star Wars movies, it didn't do well. But it wasn't marketed well. Like Denny's was its only like thing, and I forgot Denny's existed <laughs> when they started marketing that. Uh, and um, it was on the heels of the Last Jedi, which was you know whatever. But we're thinking like now Star Wars can kind of maybe rethink things that they weren't going to do before because of this technology. So like we could see Solo on Disney Plus or something like that. So the, again, that's another avenue they could take. Maybe instead of always thinking we have to get a big blockbuster film. Right. Yeah, I'm with Can you. I... There, there are so many more Han Solo stories to tell. So many more. Yes, that's what <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> and, you know, and, and if it went, uh, you know, maybe episodic Disney Plus. Uh, you know, John Favreau Mandalorian might be the way to go, and you, you could have an entire episode about just one little detail in his life. 
yes uh, which which could be amazing yeah i i i i hope we see that i think i think <laughs> it's there it's definitely there have Han go see Jabba. Bring Jabba and Salacious Crumb back. Who doesn't want to see that? Then you get your Boba Fett back. Yeah, right. Or, or how did right you know? Like, how did they meet? I want to see that. You know, I like, like like all of that. I want to see all of that. Yeah, yeah. So, Galaxy so of our two characters to carry you through the underworld. It's perfect. Yeah, Lacey, what's up? <laughs> so really quick, I did look up the top fifty grossing movies in China for the past ten years. Okay. So I'm not going to name the ones that are from there. I'm only going to name the ones from the U.S. So in fourth place is Avengers Endgame. And then there's a bunch of movies. And then 11th place is The Fate of the Furious. <laughs> then you move down oh, wow. farther. Yeah, then you move down farther to 14, Furious 7. 15, Avengers Infinity War. Then you go keep going down. 21, Transformers Age of Extinction. Then you keep going. 23, Venom. Then you keep going. <laughs> 27. Venom? Yeah, 27. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Ooh. Then you keep going down. 31, Transformers, The Last Night. Then 32 is Zootopia. Wait, <laughs> then Fallen 30- Kingdom did better than Jurassic World? Yeah. Wow, and then, that's crazy. Uh, 33, factor, I'm here's, here's a good kicker. 33 is Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> 34 is Avengers yeah. Age of Ultron. 36 is Fast and the Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. 38 is Jurassic World. 39 is Spider-Man. 40 is Ready Player One. 43 is Avatar. And then the next one at 49 is Captain America Civil War, followed by in last place at 50th is Mission Impossible Fallout. So Star Wars didn't even break the top 50. Oh, no. It does horrible there. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I think I figured it out. You just got to do Vin Diesel as Darth Bane. <laughs> Global market right there. Yeah. <laughs> I do love Fast and the Furious, though. You Those put movies the rock are so in your fun. movie, I guess. Yeah. In your Star Wars movie. The Rock is so great. I, yeah. I have argued several times online for The Rock to be in Star Wars, and I get yelled at. I've are never you, had... are, are, Is that a real thing, though? You really want to see The Rock in Star Wars? I love The Rock. I'd, I'd watch him in anything. But wouldn't you just be like, oh, there's The Rock? Nah, he's a good actor. Yeah, like, I know that. I think he's got the chops. Um, I yeah. don't know. Would he be Jedi? Would he be Dark Side? He'd be a bad guy. Bad I guy. Well, I could, I, although look. I'd be afraid that he'd turn into like a scorpion type thing, and I'd be like, Oh, oh well, God! Yeah. But let's wait to see him in Black <laughs> Adam, and then see yes, how that plays yes. out, and be like, Oh, a lead villain uh, role where he's kind of anti-hero. Yeah, let and let that play you know out what? first. In in fairness to the Rock, like I thought that Jumanji thing was going to be so stupid. It was it so good. So much. It made so much money. Yeah, it was so good though. I loved Jumanji. I didn't see the next one, but I saw the the first remake one. It was good. I've seen both, and the second one is like it's not as good because it's missing the heart, but it is like another two hours with those characters, and you're like, it's funny. (laughs) Aha! I get it. (laughs) Um, No, I I did think of this earlier though that if I if I had a pitch, if if I was the guy. They said, James, you got to figure it out. How do we get Star Wars on a global market? I think it's Old Republic. I think you just say it's far enough away from all this stuff. We already know that people are into this. We already know that Game of Thrones is like a a popular property. Um, And we think we can do some really cool things to re-envision the Jedi and the Force and all of this stuff and remarket it in a global thing. 
And I think the bigger thing here is to abandon the trilogy aspect, go with the Marvel, introduce a character, and let that character walk us through um, what is the bigger Old Republic and let us start exploring different planets. Maybe start that movie on a single planet and open it up to the invention of hyperspace and, 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 you know, or something or like the planet get the people on that planet get off. And then they're like, Oh my gosh, there's so much more of the galaxy to explore and let us explore star Wars for the first time. Um, and maybe in a way, don't, don't call it star Wars until they're in the theater after they bought their ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Oh dude, that, that is the best, uh, plot twist ever. Like take a, Take a movie Fast that you think is the ten. <laughs> think it's of, not. <laughs> take a movie that you think is just they, they did this in another movie, and I don't want to spoil what it is. But take a movie that you think is just an original movie altogether, and the the spoiler twist ending is you find out that it's a sequel to a very popular franchise. <laughs> I, that is the best twist you can make. There is something we haven't mentioned, but I feel like we should because it's like one of those like red flags right in our faces, like. Power Rangers is a huge thing that's here in the U.S. that came from somewhere else, from the Asian market, that they literally took well yeah. pieces of it of a show there <laughs> and then interspliced pieces of American teenagers and had them do voiceover work. Like, that's something that's translated so well over here, but they had to then add pieces, like John was kind of hinting at, of story and characters and all this other stuff outside of just fighting. So... That's just something I thought I would mention because it's like so in your face. I mean, there's tons of stuff. Even like Godzilla, I think, is a very famous oh, like sure. outside. Yeah, but that movie that Asian they did market. here in the U.S. was so bad. The one in the nineties, <laughs> yeah. Although it had great Taco Bell marketing. So, so where is 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 Godzilla made out of Japan? It is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wonder, yes. I wonder if there, there's a Godzilla podcast in Japan right now talking about how to reach the American audiences with their box office. <laughs> they're, they're, probably, they're like, they're like the, we did King of the Monsters and that movie was amazing. We just don't get what the Americans yeah, don't, don't see like in it. it? Yeah. 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 It's like, what do they need? Uh, you know, like Mothra with a lightsaber for people to watch? Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what? That wouldn't hurt. Dude, Mothra on each wing like General Grievous oh, just yeah. flying at someone with yeah. lightsabers. I would watch that. That are made of kryptonite that kill Superman. Yeah, I would watch. Did that you? Too. Did, did anyone here see King it. of the Monsters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I remember thinking like they totally figured out the 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 first movie was like I didn't want to see the 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 people. I wanted to see Godzilla. Who told? Yeah. And you did, didn't give me enough Godzilla. <laughs> so then King of the Monsters was just like you know what we get it. The people are only going to be there to kind of fill in whatever. Yeah. They're not really that important. None of the storyline matters. Mm-hmm. All except we really Stranger want Things, to see. Except for yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Stranger Things cast members. We cared about them. but Yeah. Um, <laughs> all we know that you want to focus on is Godzilla fighting all the monsters. Yeah. And that's totally what that movie is. Yeah. I missed one movie, uh, the, by the way, in the list. Up high in the top 20 was Aquaman. I, I missed that. Wow. Hmm. That did really well over there. I'm like just 19. surprised Venom did well. I don't get, I don't, that, so, to me, that was a terrible movie. And I Ming, just don't. what, so, um, what do you, are you, uh, do you like The Mandalorian? I love The Mandalorian. I think, um, I think The Mandalorian's the best thing that happened to store since, um, like in, since 1983, really, to be honest with you. I think, uh, okay. I'm, 
I mean, we're all fans here. We've seen how toxic the fandom has been, how divisive it's been. Yeah. Uh, everything they make, uh, they can do no right. Everything is crap right. done. Mandalorian, universally beloved. I've not met right. one person who was like, that was awful. That was right. a bad movie. Like the, the, the guys with like cold black hearts who hate everything, they loved it. And I, right. yeah, I got to give it up for Favreau. I, that, that is, he pulled off the impossible. And yeah. uh, I, uh, I, I, I love it. I can't wait to see where they go from here. And it gives me, uh, you know, like the hope, <laughs> the, the one word hope, the main thing running, the main theme running through all the movies it gives me hope for uh, anything coming forward. Um, I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he really, he, that guy's a genius. He figured it all out and he was able to put whatever was in his head down on paper and then yeah. out onto a screen. And um, yeah, he really, I, I don't, and I don't know how he did it uh, other than, you know, he's a fan. Thank God. You know, this is why fans should be making properties. Um, it's, it's cool too. Cause we got that article last week, the entertainment weekly article where John's like, I, I come up with it and then I put it through the Filoni filter and he like <laughs> takes all of the ideas and translates them into the, the star Wars world and stuff. So it's like you have that producer that, that John Favreau, that's, that just understands good content. And then you have the other person there, Filoni to just make it star Wars, like a hundred percent true and true star Wars story. Yeah. It's like Western lone wolf. He's like, I got it. Mandalorian baby Yoda. <laughs> you know, it's like, it just so makes cool. me laugh that one clip from gallery where they're looking at the stormtrooper helmets and Filoni's like, Oh yeah, this is like empire strikes back. And <laughs> Favreau's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. It looks cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, like, this is like that one scene in the, the back there. They deleted <laughs> it. And yeah, that's yeah. why like everyone it's like all the star Wars fans want to give Filoni all the credit for the Mandalorian, but it's (laughs) that's kind of what I was doing a little there. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's definitely Favreau. It's It's Favreau's operation. Like Favreau's like, yeah, I'm writing season three. He's not like me and Dave are writing season three. He's like, no, I'm writing season three and Dave will come help me. And he's a producer and you know, we're doing this together. But I mean, Favreau is the big, the big game here, right? Mm -hmm. Filoni's just getting started. Um, but like I've been a Favreau fan. I, I love swingers. So like, and then Iron Man comes out. Like he can do no wrong, right? So my only fear, I guess, before we end this this part, before we get to a couple questions for you, uh, Ming, is will Favreau? Do you think Favreau will like ride out into the sunset if Mandalorian's a success and then not come back to Star Wars? Like do, he doesn't want to push it too far to the point where he's hated, like everybody else is hated. Or do you like? Because I would love for him. To, we all want him to stick around, of course, right. because of this. But what do you think? I, I, you know, I, he's definitely made it left his mark. Um, I believe, you know, he'll stand for a little bit, but I, I'm sure he'll find some other property. Be like, you know what? I'm going to revive this one. I want to put the fabric on this one. You know, that, you know, that I, I like, I'm sure like he's a nerd like us. He likes many other things. And yeah. there's, he's probably got a couple of dream project projects that will demand his time and he'll knock him out of the park and, yeah. and it'll be amazing. But yeah. Who uh who knew that Mikey from Swingers would someday go on to rule the nerd world? <laughs> I would have never have seen it. But and I like Mo- Monica's Nikki boyfriend. Picked up the phone. <laughs> Monica's boyfriend. Yeah. Monica's boyfriend. Yes, yeah. Monica's boyfriend in the octagon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nikki from the bar should have picked up the the phone instead of letting. She should have. She screwed up. Yeah. She screwed up big time. Screwed up. Yeah. Where are you now, Nikki? Nowhere. Yeah. Man who calls seven times on your answering machine. That's called persistence. And it, sometimes, it, <laughs> sometimes it works. One of the most painful oh, scenes God. in the history of film to watch. Absolutely. Is him just 
unraveling. Um, uh, okay, so uh, future Star Wars, let us know in the comments what you think about our takes on that um, in terms of uh, will it catch up to these other big franchises? Does it need to? Maybe this Disney Plus thing changes that, but hit us up in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter at RBATSWN and let us know what you think about that. We appreciate you joining us for the discussion. Uh, Ming, you have a few minutes for a few questions. Absolutely, for fire away, my friend. You may fire when ready. Okay, it is time <laughs> for Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? I like the uh, Tarkin drop there, by the way. Good job. Uh, I actually—it's funny. I've been—I've been, <laughs> I've been um, applying for uh, for uh, different jobs, and uh, I was toying with the idea of sending a "You may hire when ready" uh, image, but um, we'll see. <laughs> um, all right, man. Here we go. This one is from our listener Jenna Rosewater. What is your favorite comic book era and series? So all comics, not just Star Wars. Um, that's Period. a great question. Um, yeah, I agree. I grew up reading comics in the early '80s. To, um, I had a couple gaps here and there, but uh, like the uh, the 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 early to mid '80s Avengers were my favorites, for sure. And then right. uh, later on, um, I read the West Coast Avengers. But now I I'm, I really I've been trying to collect all the West Coast Avengers. Now I just love that you know Hawkeye takes a whole team out to L.A. and they they <laughs> set up in a mansion and. Um, a character who we have not really seen in the movies at all, Wonder Man, who I, who I know we'll see in the future, um, pops up and he, he's got side work as a stuntman. And he's <laughs> like all this stuff. I love that the, 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 there's like this California West Coast version of the Avengers, uh, which is cool. And then just the, the 80s era of Avengers are awesome. And there are some characters there we've, we haven't seen in the movies yet. Uh, Tigra is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, just when I was six, I was like, "Whoa, who's the who's the who's the lady covered in the fur wearing a bikini?" Like, I feel, I feel weird things I not felt before. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, really weird. So that's one of my favorites. But um, uh, I un- unlike uh, Walt and Mike on Comic Book Men, who have always lit that comic book flame. You know, I fell in and out. You know, I played baseball, and then you know, I went to college. I didn't have any money to buy comics. But it was somewhere near the end of college where I was, uh, I'd found a cool job at the computer lab and I could buy comics again. And I went in, I remember going into this little comic shop that had just opened and I'm like, Hey, I'm thinking about reading again. Uh, like, but I'm look, I, lo- I looked around and I was like, Hey, where's your Batman and Superman? Where's your Marvel and DC? And they're like, Oh man, we don't have any of that, but what we do have, you're going to love. And they pulled out <laughs> spawn and preacher. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. I was like, what's this? They're like, Oh, this is, this is comics now. I was like, what, mm-hmm. DC Vertigo? What's this? Like, just read it. <laughs> Image? Like, I never, what is this, some indie co- company? Like, well, kind of, but yeah, we'll love it. And I was like, whoa, this dude, this dude went to hell. This this other guy got possessed by this, like, weird demon-angel hybrid, and, like, he's got the word of God. I'm like, this is comics? This is awesome. And then the one thing that really cemented me on Preacher was uh, the first trade paperback. There's a quote at the top of it that said, Reading this comic is more fun than going to the movies. Signed, Kevin Smith. I was like, "Whoa, well, hey, geez. Oh, wow. Kevin Smith likes it. Then this must be good. And um, <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I think as I got older, uh, you know, I find myself less relating to guys who got superpowers and more just into good stories. And yeah. uh, so that that kind of, I, it's not really a renaissance, but it's just, you know, comics thing that grew up and got darker in the, the mid-90s on yeah, um, that was definitely a, uh, a, that's the one that got me back in. And I uh, had not, that's... had I not wandered into that comic book shop, uh, who knows? I, I, I probably wouldn't be sitting in front of you guys today. 
that's the uh, your your butterfly effect in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's funny you say that because like I I was a pro wrestling fan as a little kid, and I liked you know like Hulk Hogan and the heroes and stuff. And then I stopped liking it because I got became a teenager. Yeah. But then they're like, we're gonna make wrestling edgy now, and I'm like, I'm back in. <laughs> so that's like almost like your cut. Like they made the comic books darker. Yeah. It's almost like that era. They knew this certain age of people grew up, so it's time to change our our deal. So that's interesting, and it worked. Like Oh, it, it did. Yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Now wrestling's bigger and badder than ever, and I and I love it. But I still long for those days of uh, Mr. Fuji and Jake the Snake and <laughs> oh uh, yeah, Macho Man and uh, Ultimate Warrior for sure. Bret Hart was my guy. Bret Hart back in the day. They should like um, bring it back like a wrestling side channel that's just like all weird people like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean they still they, those some of those guys still wrestle in like gymnasiums and stuff. Yeah, they also have weird like. Lower tier wrestling leagues. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll be like wrestling at town halls and stuff. Yeah, high school gyms. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's tax uh, on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. Next one is from uh, John Reese at John S. Reese. I think John's a wrestling fan too, actually. Um. So John asked, "What has been your favorite run of comics from the Disney era of Star Wars?" <laughs> it's uh, definitely Darth Vader. I they, I was like, wait a minute. They made a storyline where it's right after the death. Uh, First Death Star blows up, and um, you know some. I was reading the thing, and I was like, you know, when you you remember that time you really screwed up at work, and your boss got really <laughs> mad, and then you tried to kind of redeem yourself. Well, that's what this run of Darth Vader that that first uh, kind of that first uh, yeah. Marvel Darth Vader when they took over, like that's what that's about. I'm like, really? Like Darth Vader has? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess you got to answer to the Emperor, and he, yeah, he, the the blame, you know lies sort of pretty much on him he's the only one that and he's the only one that you can kind of chew out right now it's like wow how does he get himself back and I'm like what a great what a great run i thought yeah I, like, what? maybe tarkin's maybe tarkin's lucky he didn't survive <laughs> he, yeah he probably wouldn't have lasted longer he would have, you know i guess in those cases in the corporate world i guess you get demoted if you don't get fired or or you know they give you some kind of crappy job if they can't fire you and i guess you know they couldn't really fire darth vader so what do you do now and then how do you get back on everyone's good graces? I guess I was like, wow, even even Darth Vader has a bad day at work or a bad couple <laughs> or, you know, maybe more than that. And he's got to make up for it somehow or deal with it somehow. And um, yeah. I was like, wow, what a great idea for a book. So, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, anyone who comes in the store is like, hey, I, I you know, I like Star Wars. I want to read a Star Wars comic. I was like, you got to read Darth Vader. Let, let right. me ask you as a, as a follow up to that, then yeah. what are your thoughts on the character Dr. Afra? being introduced in that i in that love series. dr afra and uh bt3 and you know the evil droids mm-hmm. i yeah I, I would love to see him in some kind of live action incarnation somewhere or even animator or anything i thought um and uh yeah I, I i mean definitely a weird relationship uh you know on paper maybe it shouldn't work uh, you know it's like darth does darth vader need kind of like i'm trying to find a good analogy like it's almost like a, a like a Penny and, and Inspector Gadget relationship, I guess, or <laughs> but with um, you know, with a lot more evil and, and bloodthirsty droids, or <laughs> a lot um, more evil, or just kind of like uh, I was like, does Darth Vader need kind of like a, a tech person, like a, <laughs> and it, yeah, it, oddly enough, it worked out pretty well, I thought. And um, she actually has a uh, like her own novel that retells that story from her perspective, yeah. and it gives a lot of insight into her being like 
why? Like, why is he picking on me? Right. Why am I supposed to be the one that's supposed to be like his equal, or why does why does uh, he need me? Basically, so it's that's it's cool. cool. Yeah, and I, I know. I mean, in the end, I, I just I, I like I like strong female characters, like those James Cameron badass uh, mm-hmm. female characters, and she's definitely up there. But yeah, I mean, who can keep up with Darth Vader? That's a good. That's a story in and of itself. So, so then Ming, let me ask you real quick. Yes. Uh, they all they both have the same weapons and they're both familiar with their environments. <laughs> Ripley or Sarah Connor? Oh man, I man, they I mean they've both been through hell. They both faced off uh I think Ripley's probably got oh man. I wanted to say she's got more <laughs> screws loose than Sarah Connor, but that's not true at all. No, no. Man, what a great fight that would be. Yeah, man. I think I gotta give the edge to uh, to that. I gotta give the edge to Ellen Ripley, though. I uh, I I would too by a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Although, God, it's so weird. They both been trained by the same person, uh, Kyle Reese and Lieutenant Hicks. They both. Oh, like, yeah. oh Michael Bean's trained both of them. So right, I, I completely <laughs> forgot. Yeah, they kind of both had the same sensei. So oh, wow. and they both kind of you know different forms of kung fu. I don't know, man. It'd be a great battle. But what a weird, uh, what a weird kind of interdimensional crossover right there. <laughs> Make it happen. Um, I mean, they did Freddy vs. Jason. Why not uh, Ripley vs. And, and Kryptonite lightsabers, apparently. Kryptonite lightsabers. <laughs> get it all. Let's get it all in there, and we'll we'll hit the whole global box. Yeah. Together. Um. All right. Next one from Robert Termel Jr. at Termel underscore Junior. What's up, Robert? Um, Ming. He he asks, "What's your favorite Star Wars collectible that you own?" <laughs> So uh, I got a couple. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab something off the wall real quick here. Ooh. Try to break it, but um, YouTube so, exclusive. Um, this, <laughs> uh, this I got um, signed at New York Comic Con. I believe it was 2016 or 17, and uh, it is. Uh, this is uh, you know Star Wars mini poster, but it's signed by Carrie Fisher right there. Oh, and. Uh, as I knew her Comic Con, it was Sunday. She just—it looked like she was packing up at her table, and I had this poster with me. And I was like, "Do I do I bother her? Should I go? You know, I really want her to sign this, but she looks like she's packing up, ready to go." And I was like, "You know what? Screw it. I'm just go. I'm gonna go up." And she, if she says no or she, you know, she's leaving, then so be it. And she graciously signed it for me. And then, as we all know, I think that January she passed away, and uh, you know, it's a big lesson for anybody. It's like, don't hesitate. Go, yeah. Yeah. go, go, you know, get that handshake, get that selfie, get that autograph. And uh, I, I mean, I'm so glad I did, obviously. Um, but, and yeah, I, 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 you know, she signed it right in front of me. I, she must have run out of glitter that day because I didn't get glitter bombed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, which, you know, I wish I would have, would have had that story. But I thought, uh, yeah, because you, you never know. Go, don't hesitate. Um, yeah. go, go talk to that person, go. And this applies in anything in life. Just go take that shot and go do it. Um, so that's one of them. However, the, um, I don't know if you guys have bought anything crazy over the quarantine, but you know, after a couple of months, I was like, man, we sur- kind of survived the end of the world. We should go get that one thing that we've kind of been pining after that makes no sense that we don't really need. And, um, <laughs> I was on a, I was going through on a website yeah there you go and uh, i was on a website called todd's <gasps> costumes and this is dude todd in california who has meticulously researched every piece of the uh the the dl44 han solo blaster 
And uh, yeah, this is this thing weighs I don't know how many pounds. It's heavy, and uh, he's uh, you know the every every bit of it, the scope, the um, I you know wherever these come come from, some some kind of mach- German machine gun or something. Like a real scope. It's yeah yeah it it it, huh. it it yeah it works. It's from um was it not Haskell Wexler? He's the cinematographer, but uh, Hensel Wetzler from uh from Germany. And uh, it's it's cool. The hammer comes back and it, the trigger fires and it's oh my god! It's pretty I badass. need it, Ming. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. It's worth every penny. And I was like, screw it. I'm gonna buy this. Uh, it's um, I bought the standoff Etsy, which it's 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 in, and it's it's here you at know, the Etsy studio and it's pretty heavy duty. So you know, anybody who wants a photo with it or or to to uh, you know just kind of relive a little bit, little moment of uh, a more. Uh, a, I'm more elegant. This is this is a more on elegant my way, for Man. sure. And uh, it must be nice to own Beckett's gun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this thing is uh, this thing is pretty awesome. So I, I gotta wow. yeah, I gotta give it up for the. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to Todd'sCostumes.com. The only the only problem game. with that is if you're gonna cosplay as Han Solo, you have to make the quality of your rest of your costume mm. as good as the blast. <laughs> yeah, you, really you get do. the one that's just the, the put on with the tie at the bottom. <laughs> like the, the ruby stretchy yeah. costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other problem with this blaster, it's literally, I don't know, five, seven, ten pounds maybe. So you're you better you're you better be wearing a really good that really good try that <laughs> Han Solo belt or your pants are definitely coming down. So <laughs> <laughs> I loved what you said about Carrie Fisher, though, because everything you just described is the exact thought I had with Mark Hamill in 2017 when I saw him at an airport. I was like, I never do this. This is my one shot. <laughs> and I just did it. Yeah. And he's uh, from what I've seen, he's pretty gracious if I uh, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping you had that same ex- uh, experience. But. Absolutely. He was wonderful. But it makes me sad about your poster because like you said just going for it because you never know because i was one of those people that was like oh you know what i don't have time next time i'll get her next time yeah or you know i don't want to bother them i was like well you know if they say no they say no so be it you give it a shot though but i mean it it seems like eight nine times out of ten they'll you know they'll they'll say yes well not even like even further than that it's like i just was like okay next time i'll get her because she does all these shows yeah 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 absolutely that's that's amazing anyways um, that's those are my items. two favorites yeah and next time when you come on our golden girls podcast we'll ask you about that skateboard oh yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> um uh it's it's called uh what, what's the theme song oh thank you thank for, you being, for a being a friend, friend. yeah thank you for being a friend yeah. podcast um all right last question here um from christian morales uh first he said um i met mr chen at comic-con revolution Ontario in 2018. He wouldn't remember me, but still, I had to say it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, so. That was Ontario, California, too. So, uh, yeah, which is <laughs> untapped comic book market until they came to town. So, uh, Christian, <laughs> it was great seeing you. And uh, it's great. Thank you for sending in the question. Yeah. So, he wants to know what simply what would your lightsaber color be? Uh, it's such a great question. And it's mm. such a tough question. Um, I think I might have to go with red, you know, after reading the comic Ooh. books, how, uh, you know, how I, the, the amount of, of effort it goes into, uh, yeah. Getting a bleeding red kyber crystal. crystal. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta defeat a Jedi and it, it's a whole thing by bleeding or like it hurting or, or like, that's awesome. 
and you know, any any fool can go mine a crystal and then you know, I guess build a lightsaber or go to or go to Galaxy's Edge, I guess, and build a lightsaber. But the uh, the extra effort, I have to applaud. And uh, I and you know, red's just a badass color. Although uh, you know, it'll it uh it it immediately that scene in Rogue One at the end, we just see that oh, lightsaber God, light so up. Good. It's you know you know there's a beatdown coming. You know, yeah. there's no ex- escaping that. You know, you know, there's yeah. trouble coming down. And uh, yeah, that's just yeah. a threatening color. I would, yeah, I would probably have to go with red. Could I back it up? That I don't know about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if they see you with the red lightsaber, they assume that you can. Oh yeah, they'll go. Yeah, you go running. Yeah, you don't even <laughs> yeah, have to right. really know how to use it. So they start walking towards you. You're like, uh, uh yeah. I'm what have I done? <laughs> John, I, uh, you John know, and Lacey, I take- you. Oh, Is I was going to say, John and Lacey, you guys are both blue, right? Yeah. I teeter between blue and green. I, yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny because you would think we would all be our colors right now. Like Lacey yeah. blue, John green. <laughs> I'll go I for a red tonight. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. purple, 100%. That's that's my color. Yeah. Oh, although that uh, Giancarlo's uh, Esposito's Darksaber. Yes. James has the authentic oh. one. Uh, James, yeah, I, pu- I pulled it out early, real quick. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's pretty badass. <laughs> um, I, I love that uh, target. I love that you could. Yeah, thirty. <laughs> I called it uh, Moff Gideon's lightsaber, and not you know Mauls or Sabines Pre-Vizla. or Previslas. Yeah, yeah, the Mandalorian saber, anything like that. That's interesting that you called it Giancarlo Esposito's. It is yeah. his cool. right now. Yeah, I mean, it is his right now. Yeah, he's the, he's the champ right now, he's the, <laughs> the, the ruler of Mandalore. He's the Mandalore. Um, okay, so those are all the questions. Uh, so uh, we are towards the end of the show. So before we get out of here, we want to uh, thank everyone for watching, listening, subscribing. Make sure you do because we have the Mando Fan Show coming up in October. So hit us up on mm-hmm. YouTube if you're watching. How are you? Uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your <laughs> podcasts. Go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news. Uh, and teespring for your shirts and all and stuff like that um you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and writing and editing over at starwarsnewsnet.com i want to quickly uh thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast we we couldn't do this show without you so i have to give a special shout out to our generals over there carmelo andrew staley jeremy myers neil shaw david probus john Reese, micah harrison michael gaines jetta rosewater bethany russ harbison and kendall gellner thank you guys so yes. much for all of your support uh, Lacey and James, let's get yours out of the way before we get to Ming. Uh, James, where can people find you? You guys know Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. And Lacey? Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. All right, Ming, first of all, we just want to say thank you so much for yes. joining us. It was worth the wait. Alarm clock be damned. This was a really good time. Man. Hey, you guys let me back, so I have to thank you profusely. Uh, I oh, hope, we didn't. Hope, no. Hopefully I've redeemed myself. And uh, Redemption arc. You know, if nothing, the Star Wars movies are all about redemption. So uh, hopefully. Yeah. And you didn't uh, die like Ben Solo, so it was a happy ending. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> God, I didn't, I didn't die like him. So. Um, you can find me on uh, all social media at MingChen37, M-I-N-G-C-H-E-N 37. And then if you want to come here and hold a, uh, uh, you know, a pulse rifle from Aliens, you want to hang out with the DL-44 Han Solo Blaster, or if you want to have as much fun as we did, start a podcast. I will show you how. I have a whole studio here that I've opened up in New Jersey, um, but we, we connect people remotely as well. So you can be anywhere 
we'll uh we'll start we'll help you start your podcast we'll help you wow. continue your podcast we'll help you're you on your way to podcast domination and uh, who knows <laughs> uh you can also start a patreon and make uh you know um you know tens of dollars or or maybe more <laughs> and uh but you know I, I, but really you'll have as much fun as we did yeah, yeah. and uh, you have, uh, we call our place the resistance base, and uh, we're giving you a key to come back anytime. Uh, I can't wait. We can talk about Solo for an hour. We can Good. talk about the original trilogy for an hour, Good. really anything. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we just want to say again, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was an absolute blast. And uh, until next time, right? Thank you guys so much. All right. So that's it, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoy your weekends. Uh, stay safe out there. Stay healthy. And we'll see you Monday morning once again right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.